0: Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Command Space podcast on 5x5. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined today by the most dapper, most charming man on the internet, Mr. Sean Blanc. Hello. How are you, sir?
1: (laughs) I'm doing great,
0: thanks. How are you? I'm very well, very well. Welcome back to the show. I've had you on, I think this might be the third time you've been on Command Space.
1: I think so too, and every time you're a little bit more generous with introducing me, so thanks for the kind words.
0: It's because you just continue to become nicer and nicer, and now we have we have shared actual space in the real world together as well. So
1: It's true, we had to hang out at WWDC. Mm-hmm, which was, that was a lot of fun.
0: I really enjoyed it, I can't wait to, to go back. I'm going to XOXO in September.
1: I would if I wasn't having my next son in like a week from now.
0: Oh yeah, I remember you saying about... Th- when I we would, booked this, when we when we arranged this, how it could be should be okay, but we would need to wait until, <laughs> like the day.
1: It's true. My, I mean, my wife is. We're due in ten days. Congratulations, with our, sec- our second boy. So, thank you.
0: Wow, two boys. I know you could get a little band going, Sean. I
1: yeah, I know. Like a little, little crew, and teach them karate, and and drums, and guitar, and then we could do some some kind of fusion mix up of martial arts music
0: so i want to see if this has changed for you since the last time but mr sean blanc what do you like to be known for
1: what do i like to be known for Mm -hmm. i don't know that i have a black belt is that
0: that's a good one is that a good one yeah tell people about that before we start with the rest I,
1: I, i studied uh taekwondo and karate for like i don't know 10 or 12 years when i was younger um so i'm I'm a little out of shape like i can't do the i can't do the splits anymore you know stuff like that but uh a lot of it never really leaves you i some of the the actual technique obviously i'm a little rusty um but a lot of the like just the mental awareness of um you know very aware of what's going on you go into a parking lot you walk down a dark alley stuff like that um you're just always paying attention
0: I was In case always there's a bad guy behind the dumpster. Exactly. I was always happy to be walking around with you. I felt like I was always protected. Yeah. Of course, you know,
1: ironically, like uh, when I went to WWDC two years ago, so this would have been uh, the 2012 conference, um, I, I stayed with David Bernard and we were over at, um, like, the, I think it was the Manhattan Hotel. And it was just, it was like one and a half blocks away from the edge of kind of relatively safe area. And so we were towards, uh, it's towards the Tenderloin.
0: Yeah, the edge uh, of civilization, basically. Right,
1: and, and it got to the point where, I mean, there were one time like a gang of guys I literally like turned around and started approaching me and, and engaging me in conversation. And I just, I mean, yeah, this sounds dorky, but literally I just turned around and I didn't run, but I, I jogged quickly to uh kind of around the corner and then into there's like a gated parking lot for my hotel and so kind of jogged in there and i mean that sounds like oh whatever you know you're a black belt, but that's actually like the the point of of you know knowing how to defend yourself is actually more like knowing how to just get out of a dangerous dangerous situation
0: yeah like it it's san francisco is really strange because of how it changes like that so like on on my last day in san Francisco. Everybody else had gone home and I had a later flight. So, like, basically, there was nobody left in, in the city that I knew. <laughs> it was just me, only me. Um, I was the only nerd left in San Francisco, I think. And, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, I'll just, I, I had a couple of hours to kill. So, I was hanging out and I'd heard about a, a coffee place called Sightglass. Uh huh. And it was in, within walkable distance. It wasn't too far away from Blue Bottle. It was like another 10 minutes down the road. So I was walking, um, I think it's on Market Street, and I was sort of like I was walking through. I walked I walk past Mint Plaza where, where Blue Bottle Coffee is, just a couple mm-hmm. of minutes up the road, and everything changed. And I was like, oh, I don't feel safe anymore.
1: Oh, it's like you cross the street, and suddenly it's different.
0: Yeah, it was like there was loads of gangs hanging around, and there were like... I don't know, like teens on bikes, like circling stuff. I was like, mm, I'm not I'm not comfortable to be walking around with. I had a Disney store bag with me because I'd bought some uh, presents for my nephews. So I was like, this is not a situation that I want to be in. So I just walked back to Blue Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like there you it. Go. the right thing to do. Always go back to, back to Blue Ball. You know, that that's words to live by, really. I agree. So, Mr. Blanc. Mm-hmm. Recently you uh, released a new book. Is this your first book? I feel like it is.
1: It is. I mean,
0: I've probably written a
1: few books worth of of stuff on my site over the years, but this is the actual first I packaged it together and, you know, put a byline on the cover.
0: So the book is called Delight is in the Details. Where did this come from? Where did the idea come from?
1: It's kind of funny, it actually kind of accidentally happened. Um, you know, Mike, you know, I do this members only podcast on my site called Sean today. And earlier this year, I think it was like May, April, May sometime around in the, in the spring season. Um, I did like a five part series on Sean today, basically talking about delightful design details and sort of my hypothesis for that series was that, uh, you know sweating the details and and then putting in like little elements of surprise and, and whimsy and, and stuff like that actually makes your your app or your website or your service whatever it is that you're doing uh, it actually makes it more usable because people enjoy it they think hey this is cool you know I like that and you get this emotional visceral connection to the service and then you sort of like you're attached to it you get this this fondness towards it right and so then now you've got an app that's actually more, Usable because people enjoy using it. And obviously, the inverse is true. When you got those little pebbles or you know moments of friction, people are like kind of begin to try to avoid using your app. You know, pretty much every banking app out there mm-hmm. for every major bank falls into that category, right? And so, basically, my point was, hey, you know, let's talk about this stuff because we're all nerds. We all like Apple stuff. You know, every, most of the members of my site, work, you know, have iPhones and, and are into that stuff. So I was like, you know, let's just talk about it for a bit. So then when the, the series was over, the, those five episodes, uh, I got a lot of positive feedback from a lot of the listening members, and uh, I personally really enjoyed doing it. And so I was like, yeah, I should just do this. Um, I should go back over those five episodes, kind of polish them up a little bit, and then, uh, and then re- re-record them and release it like as a four-pay mini-podcast, like a podcast mini-series or something like that. And uh, you know five shows I could sell it for four ninety nine or something like that and and put it on iTunes or you know whatever. So I was listening through each episode and and transcribing what I had said because when I do Sean days, usually I have like talking points, but it's not a scripted show so it's it's off the cuff. I'm just kind of talking um, you know as as it as it comes to me or whatever it is i'm I'm having to say and I was like i'd I'd love it to be a little bit more focused, a little bit more uh, like NPR style where there's a lot of um, not 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 pauses and not repi- re- repeating my words like I am right now and mumbling and, and things like that. So I scripted it out, all out, and then I was like, "Oh, I should have this other chapter and this other chapter and this other chapter." And it kind of just sort of took on a life of its own, and it, it kind of became clear what the whole scope of the the topics should be. And so I'm writing the scripts. I'm like, well, "What the heck? I should just." This is I'm already writing the book. I should just make it a book and have have an accompanying audiobook format that goes with it and just and just put the two together. So it kind of just it started out as one thing, and as I was doing it, it just made sense to just kind of let it kind of grow a little bit and turn into what it is now, which is the this fourteen chapter you know, it's digital ebook and then audiobook that accompanies it. And then I also ended up doing all these interviews on the side with guys like Marco Ormet and Joey Raphael and uh, Cameron Mall and Michael Simmons and uh, Dan Provost and a few others, Chase Reeves. And uh, these guys are like, they're designers, they're makers, they're entrepreneur dudes. And so I talked to them about a lot of the topics that are in the book and, and got some of their feedback, some of their expertise, some of their stories um, regarding the, the idea of basically sweating the details, doing really great work. Trying to delight your audience, whether that be through making hardware. Uh, You know, Dan Provost is one half of Studio Need. They make the Glyph and the Cosmonaut, which are just really top-notch accessories and stuff.
0: I'm having those guys on the show soon.
1: Oh, they're. Are you having both of them?
0: Yeah, I'm having both of
1: them. They're a riot. They're 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 good friends of mine. Really, they're they're awesome. That's going to be a fun show.
0: So, what about your your background um, prepared you for this topic? Like, why did you think that you could? you could speak uh smartly about it, you know, like or with any sort of um I'm trying to think of the word, authority. Like what what about about your background made you feel like this was something that, you know, you, you would have a valid opinion on?
1: It's a couple of things. Uh I mean right now, a huge part of what I do is I, I write about apps and software and a lot of, you know, a lot of Apple centric and, and design centric stuff on my site over on net. And so, uh, like, for me, a lot of times what I do, uh, especially if I'm doing, like, a longer interview, or uh, not interview, sorry, excuse me, a review, like I'm doing a longer review um, of something, you know, even just thinking back to some of the original reviews I wrote years and years ago that kind of were my first toe in the water of, of doing some of this type of writing, uh, you know, I did a review of Net Newswire 3 and of uh, Mint, the website tracking, um, you know, stats, stats app. And uh, part of these reviews, I was like, I have this section, you know, like the little things. And it's just these, it was these, I just kind of pull out, hey, this little tiny design element or this little tiny detail really stood out to me. And I, I like that about this app. And it's it, it might go unnoticed by so many, but I noticed it. Maybe you would notice it. Maybe you wouldn't. Um, and there's probably other things that I'm not noticing, but these little things really seem to add up. And so I've always sort of had um, you know, kind of a, an affinity for that stuff. Just the little stuff that that stands out to you, that makes it feel special. Kind of, you know, makes it feel a little bit delightful. So, so for years I've been writing about this stuff, and that's kind of one of the things that I like to try to focus on. Is not so much reviewing things that I think stink or are crappy or are or, or subpar or ugly. but are trying to focus on the things that I think are amazing and delightful and and beautiful, and so. Uh, so that's that's a big topic of the things that I cover on my site. Um, also, I've got a history in print and web design, so I've uh, I've tried to kind of adapt this mindset of in my own work of of trying to sweat the details, think things through. You know, how, the the person that's going to be holding this brochure or putting this poster on their wall or visiting this website, like trying to you know just think through their experience and and do things that look really nice that. Um, engage with the audience in, in whatever format it is uh, and then also I used to be a, a creative director for a large in-house design team out here in Kansas City I worked for a nonprofit for several years and we had a as an in-house design team there's a lot of struggles of working for all of our internal clients and you know you've got the 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 head leadership team you know the CEOs of, of the company and and those guys that kind of can just speak audibles into your company at any moment and and change sort of like what our priorities were you know today's priority is different than what yesterday's was and it might even be different tomorrow and and not having all the resources and manpower that we needed to do what we thought was some of our best work all the time for every project because we had so many incoming projects and so us having to learn how to like what areas we were going to focus on the details and the little things and really make something that we were proud of that we knew would uh have a resounding impact on our audience that we were we we're sending it out to and then what areas for other projects we needed to take shortcuts or you know do work that wasn't quite as great and learning to find um, you know kind of basically defining good enough and, and and things like that so so all these different experiences that I've had I felt like you know hey I'm gonna, I'm going to put this all together talk about it and share some examples and uh yeah, and, and see what see how it all comes out when when
0: i'm done so one of the thing that i liked the most about the book was that you made an audio version and we'll talk about that in a bit but for me um i mean i'm i'm not the i can I, I always have to sort of preface this i can read i would like to make it clear <laughs> that i can read um i'm just not i i've struggled to keep concentrated on reading books i have done for many years i, I don't really know why that is like I struggle to switch off from other things or I'll get like halfway through a book and then just lose interest but with an audiobook I'm much happier because it fits into my life more so it was I loved that there was an audiobook version so thank you for doing that I thought it was fun yeah one of my favorite things about that I enjoyed hearing about in the book was the sliding scale of good enough that you spoke about Um, I I like that a lot that you know every project is unique and that good enough doesn't always equate to the same thing with different projects. I quite like that. Thank you, yeah. And uh, also the talent ceiling chapter. That was extremely useful for me, for anyone really. And I know that you've been speaking a lot about the talent ceiling in the sort of the lead up to the book about how there is a glass ceiling of talent, you know, where people will put barriers in the way for themselves or they will think that they've come to the end and what can they do to break through that and continue to make good stuff
1: yeah that, actually that whole section of the book there's um, the the that last half section you're talking about with the talent ceiling stuff kind of ended up it wasn't even part of the original plan at all but I got to, to chapter 9 and I felt like the, this first section of the book now, you know, now the book's divided into two sections but at first it was just this one section and it was just you know, talking about the details and, and the, uh, the importance of swaying the details and some examples of delightful stuff in, in software and in apps and different services and things like that. And I got to the end, and, and I kind of felt like the book needed like a, like a now what. you know Okay, I read all that stuff, great. But sort of like, how do I – cool, you know, like I agree. Now what? And I felt like there was this whole like lead up, like walk you to the, this, this edge of a cliff but there was no bridge. There was no, um, you know, no no way to cross over and 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 you know pass to the other side of the cliff or you know whatever go, go across the valley. Whatever kind of analogy is is I, I can think of right now that doesn't make sense. So I ended up basically writing the last half of the book or this that section second section kind of like as the first section was being edited, and um, and so I. I, the very final chapter of the, the 14th chapter is it's these stories of people and how they overcame their own talent ceiling. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that final chapter ended up being, it's one of my favorites in the whole book. You know, I mean, I didn't even write it. So maybe that's why I like it. And I had asked online and on Twitter and app.net and on my site, I was like, Hey, if you have ever experienced, you're a creative person. You've ever experienced this talent ceiling thing where you feel like you've got this vision to do work that's really really great but then you go into photoshop and you open a document and it's just it looks like you know a a four-year-old drew with crayons on your monitor if if you can relate to that feeling and you've you've got stories of how you overcame and and kind of broke through that talent ceiling i'd love to hear some of those stories and i ended up getting a ton of email that was like so personal and so incredible and just really inspirational I was like, this stuff has to go in the book. This is just too good because I wanted examples. I wanted some, you know, some fodder for the chapters. And I was like, these stories just need to be shared. So I picked—I can't remember how many are in there, but there's uh, there's quite a few stories that I just kind of picked, uh, edited them a little bit for brevity and, and clarity, and then and put them in the book. And it's it, it ended up being my favorite section of the book. So
0: my talent ceiling was why I one of the reasons I wanted to join Five by Five was because I have reached the end of knowing what to do with 70 decibels, the network that I started. And there was, I, you know, it was starting to fall apart at the seams. You know, I needed I needed help. I needed guidance and assistance. And that's what 5x5 has provided for me. So uh, explain a little bit more of that. So a lot of the, the way that I initially set up the network was inelegant, like from a logistical standpoint. Um, I was using multiple um, hosting providers. I was doubling the amount of work needed like instead of using an RSS feed generated from the Squarespace site that I used and just using um, link enclosures for the downloads I was creating the show notes on the pages and the show notes on the hosting providers that I was using as well so that I was using their RSS feeds rather than the ones that Squarespace would provide me which was silly but I didn't know any other way of doing it Um, I didn't Use a um, feed burner initially, so I had some issues when trying to move feeds around later. Um, live, if I ever wanted to do live, I had literally no idea how to do that. Um, statistics tracking was becoming difficult for me. Um, and then just sort of general stuff about like production and editing and content creation and things like that. They were things that I could, could do more of and could work harder on, but all of the other things. All of the logistical stuff and finding sponsors and all of that was taking away from my ability to create. So joining Five by Five has taken away a lot of that stuff, but has also helped me learn a lot more about how you run those those things as well. So, but I couldn't really see that until I was out of it. That's
1: awesome. So, and and yeah. now you're you're now you're rocking it on Five by Five. Thank you, sir.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's it is definitely a lot easier for me now than it was before. Like, and you know, do you feel like you're doing better work now? Yeah, I'm much better. Yeah, I really do feel feel that way. I feel that this show is is better than it was. I've got the prompt now as well, um, and then you know all the other shows like Bionic and the Pen Addict. I feel like the content of those shows is getting better and better because I'm able to focus on that and and not have to worry about anything else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it it feels. Yeah, I do feel like the actual work that I'm putting out is. Miles better than it was before. That's awesome. It's it's interesting. A lot of the uh,
1: no one shared a story of of basically kind of overcoming their talent ceiling through the farming out of administrative overhead. Basically,
0: there's just some stuff that I can do, but it's better if somebody else does it.
1: Yeah, I, I, t- I totally know that feeling. That's that's been one of the the biggest challenges for me is you know working from home and working for myself. Is all the the administrative overhead of, you know, I do all my own bookkeeping, I do all my site maintenance, etc, etc. And, you know, that eats into family time or or creative work time. And it's boring.
0: And that can be a real um, interesting internal battle. Do I take away from social time or from work time? Like that's yeah. an interesting, that there's, a, there's some real benefits and, and, dis, and like sort of disadvantages to, to both of those. And it's interesting to make that balance. It is. Do you think that um, regular people, most people actively notice delightful design details?
1: I do think they notice it. Um, they might not be able to articulate that they've noticed it or what it is that they notice. But they absolutely do. I mean, you look at um, yeah, I, th- I think Tweetbot might be a great example. It's one of the the number one selling Twitter apps on for you know third party Twitter apps, and so it's got this huge, you know, I mean, you could say kind of this huge mass market appeal, or even you know you could probably even go to the the quintessential example of the iPhone. I think the iPhone is mm-hmm. a fantastic example of a product that's delightful, that has had all the details you know thought through. The guys at Apple, you know, they sweat this stuff, right? It's what they do. They have one new phone a year and they put all their energy for 365 days into getting that phone, you know, as perfect as possible. And it's, you know, it's, it's selling and making a ton of money, and everyone wants an iPhone. And, and do you, uh, da- I read this statistic recently that talks about how uh, current smartphone owners are most likely to buy an iPhone as their next smartphone. So if they've already got an iPhone, chances are they're going to buy another one. If they've got an Android phone, chances are they're going to buy an iPhone as their, their next one as in, instead of another Android. Um, it, it was like 51% or something like that, so it's just barely over the edge. But it's, it's sort of showing that the mass market does see and appreciate and desire when a product is delightful and feels like a luxury product and it's it's enjoyable to use, even if they can't necessarily articulate what it exactly it is about this this app or this hardware gadget, this phone, whatever it may be, they just go, it's awesome, I like it, it's fun. It's cool.
0: Do you think that even even as nerds who do notice this stuff, um, like so, you know, we'll see something really cool that we like. Like for example, one thing uh, I've been trying at iOS 7 and I like how the message bubbles move around and stuff and you can see these in the videos. Um, yeah, so. yeah, the the physics stuff. So like you see it that one time, like that first time and you're like, wow, this is awesome. And then the, obviously that initial joy goes away because it would be, I think it would be kind of insane for us to feel that way every single time we see it. Um But do you think that then these things become what we consider to be normal, and the bar is raised? Like, what happens after that initial delight?
1: Yeah, I think the bar does get raised. But I think, well, you you got two things, right? So yes, the bar gets raised. You you go, this is amazing, you know. And then suddenly, now, yeah, I mean, what everyone jokes, you know, everything's amazing, nothing is amazing, or something like that. Yeah. Um. And so you you do kind of begin to get used to it. But also, you know, those, those chat bubbles, that little, like that positive experience that you had. You see the, the kind of the physics engine, the way the chat bubbles, they kind of bounce between one another just ever so slightly when you're scrolling and whatnot. Um, and so you have that, that initial wow reaction. And then you've, in a way, you kind of ha- make an emotional, a positive emotional connection to the messages app and and to your to your your phone in general even and you it it helps you you're like i like this phone a little bit more and it doesn't necessarily mean that you like always want to be texting with someone just so that you can experience the the chat bubbles bouncing around but it means that when it's time to think about getting a new phone or whatever you're not like you don't have reservations about your iphone because there wasn't a moment of friction it wasn't the scrolling if the scrolling is choppy and jittery and it's slow to respond, you you, you kind of are frustrated about that and you tell your friends oh you know this uh, this is every time you gotta scroll and do text messages you're like, oh man, this is so annoying you know I'm so frustrated right now And so then you might be thinking I want to get I want something different I want a different phone you're not it's not an enjoyable experience And so though you don't have like that huge wow, you do have like this underlying sense of, of a positive connection or a negative connection to whatever the product is that you're using.
0: It makes perfect sense. Now, Sean, will you uh, permit me to take a quick break? And then when we come back, I want to talk about actually creating the book itself and that process.
1: Hey, it's your show. Do whatever you want.
0: <laughs> oh, nice one. <laughs> so I'll take a quick moment to thank our friends over at Squarespace.com. They are the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TALLYHO8. Squarespace are constantly adding to and updating their platform with new features, new delightful designs, and more support. They have fantastic and delightful designs for you to start with. They have really great templates that you can start any website with, whether you want to maybe create a blog, portfolio, site for your business. They have great stuff for restaurants. They have like a whole section where you can get, if you are a restaurant owner or you've got maybe a friend or a family member that are, like Squarespace can help you with all of that. Maybe a portfolio, business site, online store, anything. And they have tons of great style options so you can adjust and tweak your website on Squarespace to really make it your own space. They take care of all the nasty stuff like hosting. They make sure that your site looks fantastic on any device because every one of their templates feature responsive web design. They have a support team that work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, built right in. What other website do you have set up? And they've got 24-7 support. Squarespace have got it. It's really easy to use. I want you to go and try it out. That's the best way to do this. If you go to squarespace.com, you can sign up for a free trial. There's no credit card required to do that. That's the best way. you know. If you have a site somewhere else, you maybe want to give this Squarespace thing a go, you can import your content right into Squarespace, and you can set up your site as you would want it to be live on the Internet and get a good feel for how Squarespace could work for you, because I'm sure that it would. You can connect Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, Flickr 500px loads more services and have the content show up on your page like you can have an Instagram slideshow or something like that or you can have your tweet show up on the page you can have it automatically tweet for you when you post a new blog entry or something like that I really love Squarespace as I say go try it out squarespace.com Free trial. Their plans start at just $8 a month and include a free domain name if you sign up for one of their annual plans. And don't forget, you will get 10% off and help support Command Space and all of 5x5 if you use the offer code TALLYHO8. That's T A L L Y H O 8. So go check out Squarespace, everything that you need to create an exceptional website. So you posted a great article um, called How I Self Publish My Book um mm-hmm. and one of the main things that i took away from it was that epub is a mess
1: oh my goodness well and uh i think a part of it too was i was doing it wrong i've gotten quite a bit of feedback from uh some different folks over at macworld and tidbits and and some other people that that have a lot more experience doing epubs than i do um and so there's quite a few there's a lot of tools out there that are uh that kind of already exist, and then uh, future some some that are being made right now, um, and so I'm, it looks like the if, you know if I do, my next book is probably going to be written in HTML. Well, I'll write it in Markdown and then convert to HTML, and then then you've got like a nice basically you, the HTML format can easily, much more easily be converted into uh, like a, a semantic quality, you know, validating EPUB document. But the way I did it, write it in Pages and then export from Pages to to EPUB. That was, yeah, that that was a world of hurt.
0: Because you had to like go in and make manual CSS and code changes to the book, right?
1: Yeah, basically. Um, I had no idea. This, this is only my second experience working with uh, making my own eBooks, basically. And my wife wrote a book uh, recently, and we ended up self-publishing that. Uh, and we had hired out the interior design. We, were, you know, long story short. But anyways, uh, so we got the interior design done by someone, and they use InDesign, which I'm a huge fan of. InDesign, I'm very familiar with it. Um, but I'm still on InDesign CS3, and so I basically got the InDesign files back. They they uh, switched it over to like the exchange format. If if you're familiar with, if anyone's familiar with what I'm talking about, they'll know. Uh, so I I could then open up. My wife's book in in my version of InDesign, because I had a, they the person who did the layout had a more recent version. Um, so then I was able to make a few edits, and then I've got access to the source files, of course, which is you know what I want to have in long term. And then i per, I did the ebook myself, and basically what you have to do with InDesign is you start like a new book format as opposed to a single document. and then you make each chapter as its own document, and then you kind of bundle them up into this sort of this books table of contents and then you can save that as a you know digital ebook and then basically what an epub file is it's kind of like a, it's it's more or less like a website you've got a, a table of contents and then you've got every chapter every you know whatever section that you want is basically its own HTML file and then there's a you know CSS file that's in there that everything references and then you have to have this manifest file that basically lists all the assets that are part of the zip bu- bundle and, and all this stuff, right? And so I had no idea that that's what it was. I just, I literally thought it was like a document, right? Just yes, a, so did I. I was like, you know, like like an Instapaper mobilized text version of the, the book, right? And then you put these chapter markers at the beginning of each chapter and you're done, right? It's far more, I mean, it's not as complicated as it sounds, but it is certainly more complicated when you're trying to, to 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 do it well, make a good one. So so I export out of pages and uh, for, for my books, I wrote it all in pages and, and did the design of the cover, everything in there. Saved it as a PDF, no problem. You know, it's good to go. But then exporting it to EPUB, it was just the whole thing was a disaster and, and I did it wrong on so many levels. Like I didn't have a valid table of contents in my pages document. So I, I learned a lot. Um, so, anyways, the the next next ebook that I do is is going to be written in Markdown. Let's say that
0: because obviously a great tool would have been iBooks Author, but then you couldn't have sold it, like well, the and, PDF version and, and stuff, right?
1: That's true. I couldn't have sold it uh, separately. I would have had to, and you can only publish to um, as an you can't actually publish it as a ebook from I, iBooks Author. You publish it as an iBooks book directly to the iBookstore. Uh, or you have to give it away for free, um, or you can save it as a PDF. And so, since I wanted the EPUB version, uh, I didn't. I didn't work in iBooks Author at all.
0: So now I can only imagine that designing the layout of this book, you must have fretted over this so much because of the subject matter. I, you know, it's true. Like, <laughs> like you can't uh, have a badly designed book, right? You can't.
1: <laughs> it, I, it's true and i was like man what a, I, I, I just kept thinking about it and it kind of got to the point where i was like i'm gonna just have it be very simple very basic very straightforward but then you know obviously like consistent and clean and so i didn't try to do anything fancy i didn't try to like you know woohoo look how awesome this is and and <laughs> crazy ligatures and 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 funky fonts i just used two typefaces through the whole thing and uh And just did a very clean, very straightforward uh design and I, I felt like that was the i don't know i just, I just was like, I'm not going to sweat this this too much i want it just I want it to look good, but I'm not going to freak out about it so because I figured most people would not read the PDF version anyways
0: yeah, because that's the one where you where you have that control because otherwise you are beholden to the devices. Mm-hmm. Do you not think that a lot of people would read it on their iPads though?
1: Yeah, but as uh, I think, if you're going to read on your iPad, you you would prefer to read the EPUB version, import it into iBooks, and then have the the dynamic EPUB as opposed to the static PDF.
0: Yeah, because you get so the- I don't
1: have I don't have screenshots or anything like that. So there's no sure. need for it to the the PDF is really just a it's it's easy. You can open it on your computer, boom, it works. You got it. But it I think most people prefer
0: on the Kindle or their iPad. I really like the way the PDF looks though. I think that it, it looks really nice. Does it Thanks. Does, yeah. Did it hurt you as well like having to not be able to choose the fonts and stuff like you have to hand it over to whatever um, Kindle sets or whatever iBooks sets and you know you can't really do a, too much in the in the realm of formatting.
1: You know, I I didn't because I think that uh, you know I have a Kindle, I've got an iPad and I read ebooks on on in both and uh, I think that that iBooks is a fantastic ebook app on the iPad. And I, I read a lot on the Kindle, and um, and you kind of like are comfortable. You've got your the, the type sizing and the margins, and you kind of have a comfortable setting for your ebook reader. And so, I, I wanted to make it as um, you know base, as baseline as as possible for these the EPUB and the Mobi versions of the book, so that when people import it onto their iPad or onto their Kindle, they would have that. It wouldn't be formatted the way that I thought it should be formatted. It would be formatted based on what their you know, their their preferences are. Because you right. can adjust type size and you can choose the font and things like that. And uh, I wanted people to to have that freedom to read it in in the comfortable environment of their their device the way they have it set up.
0: So you have an audiobook version and an e book version. I mentioned that before, but why did you choose to do both formats?
1: Partly because that was the er- the actual original idea for the project was this uh that was the audio right it was going to be this this podcast mini series and then i you know it ended up so actually the originally it was going to be audio and then i added the written element sort of because i was already writing it out first anyways to to have a, a script that i could then read uh so that the podcasts would be you know clear to the point and and on track for the whole duration of the podcast um and so it, it it's actually more like i recorded an audiobook and by the way there's also this ebook version of it it's sort of the way that i i view it it's that was kind of the original intention of the of the project was to be the audio
0: do you have a preferred format after you know of, of how it's turned out um I no not really you don't think there's like one version is, is better than the other you haven't like there isn't like a premiere experience
1: I, I definitely spent the most amount well I don't know I spent so much time on everything um, you know I think I tried to keep it as the audio is almost identical to the written part obviously there's a few turns of phrase and a few things that I think um, read better than they're, they're spoken so I, I changed the wording a little bit hmm as I was recording it, but otherwise, there it's like ninety nine percent identical. Um, and I got a lot of feedback on the the audiobook that people enjoyed listening to, and that that did a good job. So, I think that's kind of fun. Audiobooks are fun. I I, I don't know anyone who's self published an audiobook before like this, so I thought that was kind of a cool. You know, it gave it a little twist, made it kind of fun.
0: How did it feel to read a script rather than talk more free flowing like we are now? Or you know, Sean Today, your your daily show.
1: I was that's a that's a great question actually. Um it actually wasn't weird at all. I thought it was gonna be super weird and sound so contrived, but since I wrote the script, like I'm I'm it it was just kind of funny, like as I'm I don't know if you ever like this, Mike, but when you're you're sometimes you're doing something and you're like analyzing what you're doing as you're doing it and sort of like this you're in this weird mode of like performing, but also being aware of your performance and like editing yourself as you go in your head. And so I was kind of doing that with the book as I'm as I'm reading through the script and recording it on my mic. I was you know, in my office like I am right now, uh, though I had a bunch of – I put pillows and blankets all around to kind of try to help muffle things a bit. And so here I am reading the, the words that I had written, and it, it sort of was like, oh, that's exactly what I want to say. That's exactly how I want to say it. Oh, that's that's perfect. And it was like this was it it was the, I don't know, like it, it, it was coming from my uh, my ideas already and it w- it just it seemed to make sense as I was as I was speaking it and so it was very it was not as weird to record it as I thought it was going to be.
0: You do sound different. Like you, I can tell that you're being you're, you're more carefully speaking. Which is one like you? I can tell that you're being more careful to enunciate, Um, which I think people do when they're reading. Anyway, like I read a script for the daily news show that I do, and I know I sound different on the news because you're. It's a different process to read out loud rather than to just say what comes into your mind. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not bad. It's just I noticed it was different. Your voice sounded different to me. It had a different tone to it.
1: Yeah, and my, it's funny, my wife, is uh, she has her degree in speech, language, and hearing sciences. And so she's really good at, um, you know, like audiology and speech pathology, stuff like that. So she was listening to some of the the interviews that I did and some of the, the episodes I recorded. And I was like, I, do I really sound like this in real life? She was like, well, you know, some of the interviews I have, like a little bit, um, she can just – I, I sound different. I don't know what it is. And she goes, oh, well, they're straining your voice. You're probably nervous talking to this person. Oh, wow. It's like, oh, I bet that's exactly what it was. Like she's just – so some of the ones I sound differently, it's it's actually I was probably trying too hard and, and needed to just, you know, sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and just speak naturally like I was in my living room or something like that. Um, so it, 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 it's interesting. It kind of almost made me want to just – Pause the whole project. Go get voice lessons for a month or two, and and you know work with a, a voice instructor, and then come back and re-record it. And I bet I, I bet I would have done a far better job. Uh, but it, it, yeah, I'm still really proud of it. I think it turned out really fun. So.
0: so I guess if you got your wife to listen to this show, she could tell what guests I was most scared of. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> huh. Don't do. Don't have her do that. <laughs> So, how did you? You mentioned that you did interviews, right? So, uh-huh. um, tell me a little bit about those. Those were a blast. Um, I had because
1: I, I was doing the, the like again, right? It, it all spurred from the idea of it being a podcast. And so, uh, so I was like, well, you know, podcasts have have guests, right? So I was like, I should do. I could really add some, contribute more than just what I know, and and get outside of my. Uh, little world of of the examples that I have, and the history that I have with this stuff, and pull in some some friends of mine that I think are you know world class at sweating the details or putting moments of surprise and delight into their work, and and hear their story and talk to them about it. Get some uh, you know learn from them. Get some examples that would encourage or inspire, and so. Uh, so you know basically i called up some of these guys and you know cameron cameron mall he did the letterpress poster i mean talk about i was like there's a prime example of having to sweat the details this guy drew the roman coliseum using like the letter i and m and s right like he just he like so many hours i think it was like 400 hours that he put into it or something like that just a ton of work and uh that that can be exhausting, and it, it's like him running a marathon. Even though he, it, he did it over quite a long period of time, he didn't do it just forty hours a week, ten weeks straight. It, it took him quite a, a significant amount of time. And so, getting to hear his story and some of his feedback about you know how just getting momentum and, and staying in that rhythm and staying disciplined and stuff like that, and uh, so the interviews I, I feel like really added a lot to to the whole package. And so you get this you get the book and you get the audiobook and then these interviews on the side and, and I think the interviews are um just really thankful for the guys that were able to contribute their time and I don't know it just it just seemed like the right thing to add. A a great way to add a little bit more to the package, add some value to it. Um and and make the overall uh content there's just more to it. You know, it's mm-hmm. an extra like my audio book's only seventy seven minutes long, but I've got uh you know close to five hours or so, four and a half hours, something like that of audio uh, interviews with these guys as well. So there's, there's a significant uh, addition of, of a lot of conversation, a lot of really great, great insight and stuff like that.
0: How did you decide what people to pick?
1: I just, I don't know. I just, there was one, like those eight people, there were, there were nine guys on my list uh, I take that back. there were 10 guys on my list, and one of them was uh, unable to to do the, the show. Uh, Tim, Tim Van Dam, he was you know right in the middle of his transition to uh, you know leaving Instagram, going over to Dropbox. And so he was uh, you know he, he took like a family vacation and the, the, the time for when we were scheduling it was right at his like, it was it, they're just we, we couldn't find a time basically. Right. And then uh, I also reached out to Lauren Brichter, and he was out of the country at the time, so obviously he wasn't able to do it. Uh so my my list of ten guys that I that I wanted to reach out to, uh, you know, all the other eight. So basically I just I just picked people who I felt I would be comfortable talking with them. Um, you know, I, I think that like Jessica Hish would be a fantastic person to interview, but I don't know her at all. And so I, I felt like I would I'd rather instead of there's because there's a ton of really really fantastic people out there that that are doing great work like this, but I I picked the 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 people that I that I'm friends with that I'm connected with and that I I feel comfortable talking to them and and I feel like I would have there would have been a little bit more conversational con- conversational chemistry I guess yeah and I thought that that would have helped make a better interview uh, than just trying to to find only the 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 premier of the premier but that's not to say that these guys aren't you know doing amazing work right like uh you know InstaPaper is a fantastic app it's one of the, my my few home screen apps that i've had for years on the home screen and you got Fantastic from Michael Simmons uh and so all these guys like Paul Main, he's a developer of Day 1 it's one of my favorite apps and i use i use these guys apps as examples in my book and so i felt like yeah, I, so I'm not trying to say that I settled it in any way at all, but the I, I tried to pick the best of the best that I knew, and and then pull from the the pool of those people who who do I have a relationship with that I feel like I would have a good uh, friendly conversation with that person. That's kind of how I how I went around picking.
0: So I, I have another sponsor, and I still have a few more questions, with you, if if it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So I want to take a quick moment to talk about our second sponsor for this episode, and that is the fine folks over at Shutterstock.com, where you will find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations and video clips. You can start searching at Shutterstock.com and you will find the perfect image for your website and publication or just about any other creative project. Shutterstock gives you a global image collection to find images from all across the world that will definitely suit the projects that you're working on you can choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. They have great search tools that will allow you to hone in and find exactly what you're looking for. The exact image that's going to fit your needs. You never have to compromise with Shutterstock. If you need just one image for your blog or mock-up, you can do that. But what they— one of the things that really shines is they have image packs and monthly subscription packages. So you'll be able to save money and you be able to get some great stuff. So you can choose between any of those sort of systems of finding stuff at Shutterstock. Every time you visit them, you're definitely going to find something new because they add 10,000 new images every single day. And it's more affordable than you think. You don't pay for any extra charges for large files. You can download your images in any size and you just pay one price for them. You can easily curate and share your pictures via light boxes. So you can set up little lightbox galleries of different types of images. You're searching around, you can write, add this one to a lightbox, add this one to a lightbox. And they have an iPad app as well where you can view and share these images with the lightbox galleries. They have enhanced license access in case you need to run an image for print or something like that, and they can give you that on any of their images. Not only pictures that they do, they have vectors, icons, infographic template, templates, video clips, so much more. I really love Shutterstock. I actually use them in my professional day job as well. I work in marketing, and, and my I work for a massive corporation that chooses Shutterstock as, as their image provider. So you can take that as it may. If you need any help at Shutterstock, they, you can get an account rep dedicated to you who will be able to answer any questions, and they also have 24-hour support during the week. Sign up for a free browsing account now at Shutterstock.com. There's no credit card needed to do this, and when you find the images that you like and decide to purchase, use the offer code CMD8 and you will get 30% of any package. Thanks to Shutterstock for their support. So, When I was reading through your piece, one thing that made me kind of scream out in in horror for you was the amount of time you spent editing the audio.
1: Oh, you're talking about when I, uh, my, uh, how I self-published the book.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Two and a half hours for each 30 minutes is what you said. Now that is, that's crazy, Sean. What what were you doing?
1: (laughs) Well, and that that doesn't include the, uh, the, um, like recording it ahead of time right so prepping so I put a lot a lot of time into the interviews um well I wanted them to be like like an NPR talk talk radio pod you know I wanted it to be the the highest quality uh not just really great recording but also uh good flow and I didn't want it to sound just like your your average podcast no offense if you know what I'm saying I was gonna say watch
0: yourself here buddy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, <'cause>, uh, <laughs> no, I, I 100% appreciate what, what, what you're going for. It's right. different. So this is free, I, I right? Through. This is free, what we're doing right now. We are ad-supported, but it is free for people to listen to. But you're selling something, and I understand that you maybe put a bit more work into something that you're asking a direct transaction to take place.
1: And I think that if I was doing this as a podcast, like say those interviews, um, say I ran a, a podcast called Delight is in the Details, and it was a weekly show. Uh, I would not put the same amount of, um, of effort into editing as, as I do, as I did with these interviews for the book, partly because I was like, I'm going to edit this once and it's done. this, this interview that I'm doing, you know, these eight interviews, they'll be, I'll be selling them for years to come. And so I I felt like the, the effort to to clean them up was justified. So what I did was, um, you know, not only did I had to, Cut out the the pre conversation stuff and then the 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 post conversation stuff and and kind of the chit chat. But then I went through and I I literally sliced and diced the audio, tried to remove as many of the ums as I could. You know, some of the and or dead space or uh, unnecessary repeating of words and and kind of stuttering and things like that. And then there were times where I would go to ask a question, but the, the person I'm I'm talking with, they I thought they were taking a they were done talking, but they were just taking a break, you know, or, you know, someone's phone went off. So I'm I'm moving audio around a little bit here and there and, and, and just cleaned it up quite a bit. And I'm not a I'm not a pro audio editor. So I can't I can't fly through this stuff. And some people can clean that stuff up really quick. So it it took me, yeah, I'm listening through the original conversations were about an hour long for the whole thing. So I had to listen through until we we started the the talk and then uh, you know chop off that that first part and then listen through in real time to the to the interview mute the ums and then you know close the gap of the audio that that created clean it all up so that it was kind of it was a tight flow it went it went well together it was well paced um, so it, it was a lot of work but I, I I felt that it was worth it and it was justified and yeah, I mean, to be fair, if I was doing a like, I don't do that for my own daily podcast, and and if I was doing, if I was hosting a podcast, there's no, I, it, I wouldn't do that. I, I think it's, um, you know, for for podcasts, you kind of like that that casual conversation, but I wanted it to feel just one step above in in terms of the the finished, uh, high quality edited version.
0: They do sound great though. I've listened to a couple of them. I've not made my way through all the interviews yet. But I do really like them. They do sound. They, I can see it was worth putting the work in. Thanks. So one th- thing that I found really interesting about the package, the overall file itself, was that you included instructions to make sure that people could get content onto their devices. Do you think that, like in 2013, it should be easier than this? Like, yes. It should just be simpler for people to get their own content onto their own devices.
1: Well, and here's the ironic part: is that the the most difficult content to get onto your device is actually the audio. Um, it's it's very difficult to yes. if you <laughs> if if you're in if you know say you're you're like me and you have never plugged your iPhone into your computer in in a long time because you you now sync everything through the cloud and and it's it's all you know iCloud and and all that stuff. So I don't sync my phone with iTunes ever and so that means that to get an mp3 i download it from my computer to get an mp3 onto my phone is either i have to now start syncing my phone with itunes or i can make a dropbox folder but with dropbox you can that's a really easy way to get your the epub from your computer on your ipad say you can email it to yourself or you can drop it in dropbox you can open it up you tap hold It'll say, you know, open in, and you can open this in in iBooks, and then boom, now the PDF or the EPUB version of the book is now in in your iBooks app. But it doesn't work that way with MP3s. You can't tap and hold and then send to the music app, right? So you can listen to it from within the app, or what a lot of people did, and um, I'm considering trying to figure this out for a future version of the, the file. People actually uploaded all the... The, the MP3s to their own web server and basically created an ad hoc podcast for for the book of their own on their own server made their own little podcast feed and then subscribed to it in like Instacast or, yeah. or whatever and then you know now you've got this basically you know because there's the 14 chapters of the audiobook and then you got the eight interviews so boom now you have a 22 episode you know series of a of quote unquote like a podcast. So that, that, that's almost like, in a, in, a, in a weird way, that's almost like the easiest way to do it. Um, so I, I, I wish it, there was an easier way to get, to get music from your, from your computer to your, your phone or your iPad if you don't plug it in and sync via cable.
0: So I've been listening to the, to the interviews and the audiobook in the Dropbox app. <laughs> it's just like the no, worst thing ever. <laughs> I, I, I believe you. Like Because you, you can sync them. But like you can download them if you star them it will download them mm-hmm. so they're all there, but it's just such a weird way to do it There is one um app I, 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 one podcast app i think it's downcast um that will allow you to send an m p three from dropbox and it will import it as a new as an as a podcast but just like as the individual m p three and it will show it as just like a uh, a, a manually added feed, but it just has one episode in it so, so
1: the, you'd basically you know. be adding twenty two yeah. new podcasts
0: yeah that see that's that stinks but at least it does things like remembering your play position mm-hmm. and stuff you know you can feel confident in that um how how is like so you launched uh, a couple of weeks ago
1: yeah two weeks ago today or two weeks ago yesterday.
0: And has the book performed as you would have expected? Like, how how are you doing it? Are you meeting your your targets? That I'm sure that you set for yourself, or how you wanted the book to sell? Is it, has it been a success, like you hoped?
1: Yeah, I had th- kind of like three three targets basically. I had this is I got I gotta sell at least this many. I had like my minimum baseline for um, at least this would make it worth my time. And then I sort of had what I kind of expected it would it would hit just kind of based on my expectation of um kind of knowing the size of my my readership and and things like that and having an idea and then of course i had like my my wild dream of man wouldn't it be awesome if i could you know pay off my house by selling this ebook so obviously i you know i didn't pay off the house but uh, I did basically hit right at the almost on the nose. Uh, probably in like two more days, I'll hit right on the nose for um, where kind of what I expected it to hit the the minimum se- sales. I actually hit that within the first day, so that was really encouraging. Excellent. So I put all this money. You know, it's funny. Like you read some of these these uh, books out there or these posts out there. Um, I'm I'm a little bit more reserved with sharing actual numbers and, and income stuff like that, but. Some of these people, you know, how I made $25,000 in 24 hours or whatever it is. And, and I was like, well, actually, you didn't make $25,000 in 24 hours. You just cashed in on six months' worth of work in, in one day period. So, I mean, I, I get the point, you know, yeah. that talking about, well, you know, I was able to generate $25,000 worth the sales and things like that. Um, so, so, for me, it was really encouraging to, to be able to do all that work leading up to the book. Uh, you know, it was hundreds and hundreds of hours, probably not hundreds and hundreds, but uh, it was a lot, maybe one hundred and and then to be able to basically kind of break even for my time within the first day was really encouraging. and then uh, and then i've I've done a little bit more than double that since then. so it I'm like, you know, it feels good. My wife's quitting her job in ten days. So uh so we're going to basically my my site is going to be the the sole source of income for oh, for our family. <laughs> oh, and dear. so this is this is basically uh you know this is a big part of that, you know, helping helping us keep going for the for the next year.
0: Well, this next um, and my last question leads nicely into this then. Um have you seen any change in membership since releasing the book? Have you seen any sort of spikes or anything? You um you run know, I, your member program, right? You have your membership scheme. Um, as it were. Is scheme a right word? Scheme's not the right word.
1: No, I, th- I think membership program is, program is a good word. Is it's not good. a scheme.
0: <laughs> it's not like a Ponzi scheme, though. No? no. Okay, just um,
1: Let's see. I have, you know, to tell you the truth, I actually don't don't pay that much a clo- close attention to to, to membership sign I kind of have it all automated. It's sort of, uh, you know, I've got the whole system set up, people sign up, there's the login page and, and the landing page, and then kind of walks them through all the new stuff that they now have access to and how to subscribe to Sean today and you know I've got the coffee stuff in there and whatnot um and so it's for me it's it's relatively hands-off in terms of uh the the new signups when people are coming in obviously my my big focus is trying to do the show every day um I haven't done today's show yet actually believe it or not I want I wanted to to, to wait to, to do this and to warm up for my Sean today
0: <laughs> so i I, I, I don't know
1: if new people are signing up or not i, I guess uh i <laughs> hope so i think so, so
0: do i so people should i think for two reasons one because they're going to get great content you know and they can support you but also you know you, you got a, you got a kid on the way and uh which you just said the site's going to be the main the main breadwinner now so they need they need they need to support your family sean that's what's yeah. really important here yeah. right
1: I, I, if I had a hat right now, I'd be holding it out. So <laughs> I've I've got another site as well in the in the uh, it's in the beginning stages. I've broken ground on a, a third. I've got my my Shambang. and then there's tools and toys, and I've got a third one that um, it's it's slowly it's getting
0: there. Very excited to hear about that. I'm sure that I will have you on the show again whenever you you launch this new project. Just because I can't. I'm get really excited about it. I if it is what you mentioned to me, I am also very excited about it.
1: Have I told you, I, I don't know who I've told, I've told like three people. Well, so if you're one of the three,
0: <laughs> then I feel, or oh, if, if you've only told three people, then you've only told the people that you told uh, at WWDC. Okay. Then yes. Uh, maybe I've told six people then. <laughs> so Sean, thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's always, it's always fun chatting with you.
0: So you can find everything that Sean does. Go to seanblanc.net where you'll find his amazing writing. You will also find a link to his fantastic new book, is in the Details. And you can uh, find Sean, you're on Twitter, you are at Sean Blanc as well, are you know, not. Mm-hmm. And you should sign up for Sean's membership, you know, throw the guy a few bucks a month and uh, help support his great work and uh, help support, you know, his family too because that's important. Sean's a nice guy, you can hear that. Prime a bone. You, you can uh, find me online as well. I am imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks so much for listening to episode 58 of Command Space. I will be back with you next week. Until then, bye-bye.